Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sports Virus Podcast, everybody. I'm Joe Castellano. We are brought to you, as always, by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, where they have had the lowest prices in Marin County, California, for over 60 years. Well, today we're going to talk about Will Clark, the former San Francisco Giants first baseman. His number, number 22, being retired today, Saturday. It's July the 30th. And the Giants, I look at it like they finally decided to retire his number. Seems like it should have been done a long time ago, and it seems like he should have had a lot more love as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned. I mean, he's a guy who was a career 303 hitter in his time from 1986 to 2000 in the major leagues and started his career with the Giants, went to the Rangers, the Orioles, and then eventually the St. Louis Cardinals. But uh, Will the Thrill really was a thrill to watch. It's funny because my favorite player growing up was Jack Clark when I was a teenager, and he wore number 22. So when Will Clark first came to the major leagues in the mid-'80s, I was you know, a little reticent, I think, to be uh, welcoming of him wearing that number because that was Jack Clark's number you know, back in the 70s. But Will Clark wore it well and is very deserving of having that number retired. I had a chance to talk with Will from time to time in recent years, and you're going to hear some of that on this podcast. And we'll start with... Will talking about expectations because he was a first-round draft pick in 1985 out of Mississippi State, number two overall selection by the Giants. And here's what he said about expectations. Well, the expectations are uh, are pretty big. You know, I mean, there's a reason that they made you the number two pick in the country. Uh, my time back then, uh, you know, was it was a combination because. Uh, I got drafted the day of uh, an Arkansas game in the College World Series. So, you know, it, it was fun that I got drafted, and, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. But then I had to go play a baseball game that night. Once you got drafted, you went into the minor leagues. Everybody's expecting so much. I mean, you have to have supreme confidence to be able to succeed in those situations. You know, I was I was one of those kind of guys. When I got drafted, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to go play. You know, I, I didn't want to hang around and loiter around and haggle over money and all that sort of stuff. You know, look, I was going to be fair. Giants were going to be fair. Let's go play baseball. And uh, that's what I wound up doing. It took a took a week to get signed, and then I was in Fresno, California, playing ball, baseball, you know, a few days later. And so it was it was ex- extremely gratifying. And, you know, we had a good team. We wound up winning the California League title, and so it was a, it was a good break into pro ball. Were there any struggles at all, like the first few weeks that you were a pro player and, and where you're just saying, okay, i got to figure this out? No, definitely. There was some struggles for sure. Um, you know, I, I showed up, and, and actually the first game I had a real good game. I had two homers. I had a homer in my first at-bat in the minor leagues too, but, but then I proceeded to pull like a 0 for 20, you know, right after that. And it's like, hey, you know, playing every day and making the adjustments and stuff like that. So, you know, I had to lean on, you know, my coaching staff and some of the other players and say, hey, you know, how do you go about doing this on an everyday basis? You know, because, you know, when you're in college, you don't play every day. I noticed just looking back on your swing, when I look at video of you and kind of remembering in my mind's eye, too, that you had this natural swing that left the ballpark. You know, like it was sort of that uppercut. But now people are looking for launch angle and trying to sort of force that. I mean, was it sort of natural for you? Uh, you know, it was a lot of it's hand-eye coordination, but then you work real hard to you know, get the swing path down. And uh, that was the big thing that, that my generation talked about. You know, Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs, Ken Griffey Jr., you know, all those guys that come down to first base. 
we always talked about staying in the zone for a long time. We called it being on plane with the ball. And now these guys are talking, like you said, about launch angle and getting the ball up and, you know, kind of dipping and ripping almost. And uh, your, uh, you know, your, your area for success is very, very small when you do that, whereas, you know, my area for success is, is a lot longer. And, uh, you know, so that's why some of these guys now, you know, they're hitting 20, 30 homers, whatever it is, but they got 150 strikeouts and they're hitting 260, you know, instead of hitting 330 and doing that. So did you feel like, you know, it was taboo to strike out? I mean, did you get angry at yourself, whereas now these guys seem to accept it? Yeah, these guys now, they accept it. Uh, Not only did I get angry at it, but my general manager, Al Rosen, got angry at it, and he wore us out. You know, if you had a three-strikeout, four-strikeout game, something like that, you know, he he crushed you. I mean, he'd be in the dugout or in the clubhouse the next day, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, you can't make contact with the baseball. I mean, I mean, he it was tough love, but, uh, you know, that's the way it was back then. And, you know, you had to take it as constructive criticism, make the adjustment, and get, get it, find a way to put the ball in play and give yourself more opportunities to get base hits. What about the shift? I had a chance to ask Will Clark about players getting shifted so much in this day and age in Major League Baseball. I've told a lot of people, if you can hit a ground ball at shortstop, that beats the shift. And, uh, you know, that's why a guy like myself, you couldn't put a shift on me because I could hit the ball left field, I could hit the ball right field, and, uh, you know, on the ground or in the air. And so, you know, the guys who had the shifts put on them, they hit ground balls to one side of the field and fly balls to the other side of the field, that kind of thing. And so when you become one-dimensional like that, you're going to be defensed even better. And, uh, you know, a perfect example is Brandon Belt. You know, most of his ground balls are, are to the right side. They're not to the left side. And if he starts hitting a few ground balls to, to, the, to the left side, they're not going to shift, and his batting average is going to go up. Well, I mean, I'm sure that you had maybe a little shift on you from time to time. No, never. I mean, you, you pretty much are playing you straight away. So, I mean, in that case, you never were aiming towards one side of the field. Oh, yes, I was. You bet your butt I was. It depended on which way the wind was blowing a candlestick. So, I mean, you know, hey, you know, when, when you're a major league player, all right, and, and especially a guy who's in the middle of the lineup, a guy who hits 300, you can hit any pitch that's thrown. I mean, that's just flat out plain and simple. Uh, I can hit breaking balls, knuckleballs, change-ups, and I can hit them anywhere on the field. And, uh, you know, my job after that is just getting the pitch I want to hit and getting the job done. And so, you know, when you start getting to that level of expertise, uh, it's hard to put a shift on somebody. You know, if you're not to that level of expertise, then the shifts come into play. We'll hear more from Will the Thrill right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give them a call at 415-453-2942. That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. All right, here's a little something from Will Clark when I talked to him six years ago when they instituted a new rule where you could not slide hard into second base, take out the second baseman. I mean, that's something that was commonplace during Will's time in the major leagues, 
And uh, here's a little conversation we had about the rule coming into play in 2016 to protect players. You were a hard-nosed player. In fact, I recently saw a video of you in a slide that you made against the Cardinals, and it ended up being a big brawl. But you went in hard. You know, it was your job to break up that double play. What do you think about the new rule now? How does a player even go in there to break up a double play? You know what? Uh, the way that they're they're putting the rules in baseball now, they're taking all the contact out of the sport, and uh, they're babyfying the sport. It really is. It's really bad to see. Uh, you know, not only not only from a you know sliding into second base, but also sliding in the home plate. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I understand what the salaries these guys are making. They got to protect the players and all that. But they've really babyfied the sport, and I don't think it's good for the sport at all. Well, it's got to be tough too. The guys who are in the major leagues right now, they were brought up to slide in hard to second. All of a sudden, you're changing the mindset. Can you imagine if that happened to you? You you were taught to go in hard to break up a double play. Yeah, I mean, you know, nowadays, nowadays, I mean, if if you're not anywhere like right on top of the bag, it's an automatic double play, and you know that that. If you're not allowed to at least make a little contact and disrupt the double play, well, what's the reason in me running down here to second base then, you know? So, uh, it, like I said, they've, they've really taken some of the strategy and some of the aggressiveness out of the game. But at the same time, you still see batters get hit by pitches, and then there's disagreement about that. It's kind of hard to get back at the other team, you know, when you can't slide hard in the second. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, and, and that's where that fight ensued from, you know, St. Louis because, you know, we had a, we had an issue the day before, so uh, you know you're not able to get back and get uh, even as much as possible. But it still happens here and there. Before I let you go, one of the things that I always admired about you when it became uh, crunch time, you just seemed so relaxed up there, you know, and calm. And I think about that when I'm watching, you know, the NBA playoffs and watching the Warriors. What goes into that? I mean, is that just something that's natural? Is it something that you taught yourself to be like that? You know, uh, a lot of it's natural, uh, but then also of it is being in that situation quite a bit. Uh, you know, if you're in the middle of the order and, you know, you're expected to drive into tough runs, you know, and, and you get in that situation quite a bit, you're able to deal with it. And uh, same thing with the guys in the Warriors. You know, if, if you're the guy that's supposed to make that three-pointer and, you know, you shoot it, you're expecting it to go in. And, uh you know, the more you're in that situation, the better you get at it, the more uh, confidence you have in it, and the more under control you are. And, uh, you know, you're seeing that with the Warriors, and you see that in, in baseball on an everyday basis, especially with the guys in the middle of the lineup. So the guys who have had the postseason experience kind of helps them all the time, doesn't it? Because they've been through the wars that way. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, not only not only from the from the postseason experience, because, you know, that's when the lights shine the brightest, but then, you know, you take that experience into doing it on an everyday basis, and you get more practice in it. Will, thanks a lot for the time. Good luck. All right, Joe, take care. All right, that's Will Clark, and he provided a lot of great moments for Giants fans, especially everybody who was a Giant fan back in the 1980s. We'll never forget what he did in the NLCS when he went 13 for 20 with two home runs and eight RBIs. He hit that grand slam at Wrigley Field against Greg Maddox, and, of course, he had the big hit that put the Giants into the World Series as he had that uh, two-run single to center against Mitch Wild Thing Williams. I mean, that's something that Giants fans have savored forever, going back to 1989. So thanks for the memories, Will Clark, and congratulations on having number 22 retired by the San Francisco Giants. That's going to do it for this edition of the Sports Virus Podcast. Thanks for listening. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Catch us again next week on the Believe Podcast Network. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.